What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the first official episode of the Priority Q podcast, a show that takes a deep dive into NBA Top Shot with some of the sharpest collectors on the platform. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm excited to kick off my new show with a very special guest. He's well-known around the NBA Top Shot community and has been collecting since the early days of Top Shot, long before the February boom when I showed up. His name is Steve Veerman, and he's not only one of the top-ranked collectors in the world with a massive collection of well over 14,000 moments, but he's also incredibly sharp and one of the best Top Shot strategists I've met in this space. And today, he's going to let me pick his brain on the Series 3 roadmap that was recently announced by Top Shot. Steve, thanks for joining me today and helping launch my new podcast, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I know. You, I noticed you said the sharpest, uh, sharpest people in Top Shot. I was going to say, and me, right? Like... Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm sharp sometimes. I definitely have my moments. You're one of the sharpest guys I've met. That's I, appreci- sure. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, so pretty excited to uh, to jump in and, and talk Series 3. It's good timing. Just had Run It Back drop, Series 3 road back. Uh, we had the legendary drop yesterday. So a lot of stuff to talk about. Ready to dig in? Yeah, let's go. What, where, where, where do you want to start? All right, cool. So, I mean, we've been clamoring for a roadmap for a long time. Top Shop finally delivered, mm-hmm. right? lot of lot to unpack and we will but overall what was your first impression when they dropped it when they made the announcement you read through it the first time uh what do you think hmm well it's the first time they've had a roadmap and i joined the closed beta in august of 2020 and there was no roadmap and i think that was one of my first asks even then was where's the roadmap and the reason why the roadmap is really important is because most people approaching this, you know, approaching Top Shot, they, they have a budget to work with and you kind of have to know what's around the corner so you can budget accordingly, right? And, and the, you know, the, the, the gotchas or the, you know, the, oh, the one more thing and like that, it's, it's cool sometimes, but not really. And it's kind of nice to have some level of predictability where, the, where you can budget accordingly, right? And, and if you can't do that, it's a little bit stressful. So, my first impression was it's about time. And I was very happy they released it. Sometimes these things kind of get pushed off and they did mention they were gonna have it before series three. And so they, they made good on that promise. So the first thought, it, I, I was thrilled. Next thought was, hey, Throwdowns is back. Right? <laughs> like, that was, uh, you know, we were talking about that before they had the roadmap uh, because Throwdowns, you and I both know this, um, series one it was w- very well received. It had the LeBron tribute dunk in it. It was an amazing set. Series two was a different story. They minted too many um, individual, too many plays in the set. And then for each play, they minted too many of them. There were 1,800. So there were too many of these rares that flooded the market. The end result was no one really wanted them. And then like the, the, some of the rewards were lackluster and it kind of took a lot of the um, excitement away from the set because they it, it's too much of a good thing. And so I was really surprised that they would, well, not surprised, but I was happy that the, it was brought back for series three because it is an awesome set, right? Um, so hopefully that'll, uh, that'll be a, a staple going forward, right? You have the throwdown set because it's, it's an awesome set. So. That was one other takeaway. What was some other stuff here? Um, well, real quick oh, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So when they announced it, they reduced the mint count to eight eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. And that was one thing that stood out, and, and we'll get back to that in a second. But then one thing that stood out is they announced the mint counts across the board. Do you think that puts them in a tough position, locking in the mint counts now? Yeah, it does. Well, 
so like no matter what they pick it's going to be wrong right like they're either yeah. going to make two, oh, of course. like it's this is this is it's like timing the market or whatever right because like they they're either going to mint too much or not mint enough there is no such thing as they nailed it perfect you know so time will tell whether or not that is inadequate and enough or maybe you know no, uh, too much or too little um my instinct is that they basically cut it in half for the most part, right? So series two throwdowns is 1800, series three is gonna be 88. So, you know, that's less, that's a little less than half actually. So that, and then they mentioned, um, you know, very, it was a vague mention, but they're gonna have less plays than series two. So um, I think I did some back of the napkin math because they did say the total number of rares. I, I'll say something like, you know, let's say 40 throwdowns roughly mm-hmm. uh, in the set. So. I think that's going to be much, much better received than the Series 2 stuff. And I, I, I do think having the mints is helpful because, yeah, I think it does it, uh, allow you to budget accordingly again, right? You can kind of do a little bit of uh, theory crafting here with, okay, how many people, how many active people, I do this all the time, like how many active people are on the platform on like a day-to-day, right? Okay, what, what's the upper and lower bounds for people actually completing a set? Right or people going after um, specific moments. Like I, I, I try to figure out like a range of what's realistic um, because they're all competitors, right? Like we're all going after the same same moments. So you have to budget accordingly. And so not, knowing the mint sizes, I think we'll be able. And then what we don't know is basically how many people are going to be around at that given time. So I don't know when they said the throwdowns is coming, uh, what month? But let's say it was January, right? I don't know how many users they're going to be in January, but once we're in January, we can kind of say, well, okay, wait a minute. There's, there's 20,000 active users a day and there's 888 per, per one of these plays. And there's 40 plays. We can do some quick math here to figure out like what's a realistic amount of demand. And if, if it's worth completing a set or if it's not, because for me, what I, one of the things I do is I, I, I'm a set completionist. I love chasing sets, but I don't like chasing a set. If I, don't think I can complete it. And I can't complete everything. Like I understand that now I want to complete everything, but you kind of have to pick your battles. And um, I think what the roadmap will allow me to do and allow everyone to do is, is figure out, okay, you know, which one of these is, is um, a set that I can actually finish, right? Or worth starting or whatever. And um, so then I can budget accordingly. I don't know. That's, I, I think there's an answer in there somewhere. Yeah, I think that just about everything Top Shot does is a double-edged sword. They're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. To your point, I don't. We we've talked about it before. I don't think we'll see a February boom again. But in the instance that we did see a boom, suddenly we're in a in a problem with uh, inventory. There's not enough. If it doesn't, if it's slow, if we go through a bear market, all of a sudden we might back up a little bit. So I think I like it. And I do agree with you, uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like you said, there's no way they can nail it. I'm more of the mind where tell me what is coming. I'm on a budget myself for sure. Uh, so I'd like to be able to strategize. What does this do for series two throwdowns as far as a value perspective? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I think the best way to say what this does for for series two or series one or whatever is well what i think fundamentally it's dapper's responsibility to not abandon moments if they sell a moment it 
there should be some some future utility. And when I say utility, I mean you know use it for a challenge, uh, a showcase challenge, or something like. And I don't mean you have to use every single moment in the platform. But what I'm saying is that like recently there have been um, two different showcase challenges that kind of used random moments from across the across different sets, across different series, and. Honestly, that is the best thing I have seen Dapper do in a long time because it keeps people guessing, right? Like it's good to have the predictability of a roadmap, great. But I think when you can predict the challenges part, like that's when like the market becomes predictable and that's not good because then you have money like kind of um, that goes in very specific, very predictable ways. And it's, I think it doesn't reward people who are just holding the, the moments. And I think by by randomizing the, the showcase challenges, what you have now created is, is an incentive structure for people to hold moments because now people have no idea if the moments they're holding are going to be used in next week's showcase challenge, right? And so that's a huge incentive to not sell because now you're you're kind of guessing as opposed to like knowing like oh like this this um, this challenge is done and this, this these moments will never be used again. Better sell them, right? So so I'm hoping that 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 kind of helps uh, in that. In that in that regard, I love their new challenge approach. I think the Vince Carter challenge was awesome. I was about halfway there when it dropped, so first being rewarded a little bit for what I was holding, and then two, all right, I got to hit the marketplace and and grab some of these moments. So I was okay with a little mix of both. I don't, you know, my collection's a little bit smaller, a little more narrowly focused as far as I collect a lot of Celtics and team sets. That or that's my team set. That's how I build it. So I, I'm on board with it. I like it. But I agree, Top Shot has to, they can't forget about these sets. You know, so there's there's throwdown set holders out there. We know a lot of them. We hope they continue to have some utility for yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I mean, and, and again, you just just to go back to the, the previous question of, you know, what this means for Series 2, I, I, I'm hopeful that Dapper will include Series 2 throwdowns and various um, showcase challenges. Like, hopefully it doesn't rock the boat too much. And I think anyone making crazy moves right now because of this roadmap i think that's the wrong the wrong approach because to me that's not what that's not how i read this at all and in fact what i'm what i'm hoping will happen is that you know series one had crazy throwdowns demand right again kobe tribute dunk like a lot of great plays series two again oversupply it wasn't the play that the plays weren't great because most of the plays were amazing um it was just an oversupply and then um, series three, I'm hoping I'm, 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 I get the impression maybe it's an undersupply again. So I think huge demand. So I'm kind of hoping you'll have two highly coveted sets that are sandwiched, you know, that are sandwiching the series two set and kind of rising that demand just because of how cool the, you know, series one set is and hopefully the series three set is. And that's the dream, I think, or the hope is that. Uh, you know, or the, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? And I'm hoping that the series um, can live on past Series 3, be a, year, a yearly occurrence. And, and again, Series 2 won't be the most infamous hated set on a platform forever. Um, <laughs> right now, I think it still is. There will come a time when people will have, will have forgotten that it was the most hated set. I'm confident. I, you know, S2, especially around that time, was such a learning curve for Top Shot. Right. I mean, just unprecedented growth and people were making a lot of money and a lot of they're just buying and selling, buying and selling. And 
<laughs> I think it's a good move. I like I like the mint count. You are right. Demand grows. That I mean, eight eighty eight could be small. Who knows? That could be small. Who knows? But throwdowns are good, man. Dunks are awesome. That's I mean, you look at a highlight reel. Majority of it's dunks. I'll tell you from a my team set collector perspective, one of the the two sets that have me the most worried. One of them is the legendary deck, the mm. hoops. So they talked about revisiting <laughs> old moments yep. of players. Do you think Top Shot creates bottlenecks with that set? Uh, probably. I mean, they, everything they do creates like a new bottleneck of some sort, right? I wouldn't. I don't really have a problem. Like you know, this this bottleneck thing. It's kind of like this love hate thing because I don't mind the, the idea of a bottleneck. Like that's cool. Like there's always going to be in a set of things. There's going to be one thing that's slightly rarer than the next thing. That's fine. I guess my original problem with it was that when they launched it, it just made some sets less. Like it made some teams, I should say, less collectible because you know when you have like a crazy blocker like the Kelly Olynyk Celtics moment. It's like, only, like how many people are going to chase that moment um, and pay like a crazy amount of money just to complete a Celtics set versus like, you know, I'm a Raptors fan. I just, I was fortunate where the Raptors don't really have any crazy um, outliers that cost a lot of money. So it's a, it's a very attainable set. And I think that that lends itself to people collecting a team that they want to collect. And I, I think that's a good, if you want to encourage good collecting behavior, you shouldn't, you shouldn't like force something like, you know, oh, you have to buy this really expensive moment of a player that you might not even like. I can't even, I don't even remember. Like, do you know, do you, how long did Kelly Olenek play on the Celtics for? Uh, three or was four he years. Like, was he like a beloved Celtic? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, no. right? So it's like... He was, he was a role player. So, he was goofy. So it's like, <laughs> imagine someone not even like Kelly Olenek, someone maybe who played a year at some place and then he was hated and he left. Like, I'm not saying it's Kelly Olenek, but I'm just saying it's going to happen where, you know, or it's, it's possible it has happened where, you know, now you have to have to begrudgingly buy a moment of a player you don't even like just to complete your team set. It's like, that's like a, you know, that's a kick in the pants again. It's like, imagine have, not even liking this player anymore and you having to buy it just to, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, Going back to this whole thing of, uh, I think they should maybe take a look at what it means to come, to chase a team, right? And I've been saying this for a long time, but I think there should be some kind of a, like, if you, if you theoretically collect every single player on a team, you should get the bonus, right? I think right now the bonus is basically like double. Whatever your collector score is for those, those players, you double it. The problem is you could have, you know, 19 out of 20 players and you get nothing right or you get like the series bonuses or whatever what i'm saying is there should be some kind of a not maybe not linear but maybe like uh you know like just some way of saying hey you should get some additional bonus for owning 99% of the team right <laughs> like that only makes sense to me it shouldn't just be like uh you know you know a yes no if you have all all the players or not because maybe there's just one player you don't even like and I think you should still you should still be considered a huge team fan if you have, you know, every other player on the team. And so I really think they take a they should take a look at that again and, and kind of revisit what it means to to do that because I don't think it's healthy for the platform. If we're trying to actually bring on board a whole bunch of new collectors, like I'm a collector, I'm a I'm a, I'm a collector first. I'm an NBA basketball fan first, and and so you know all of a like you know the the crypto element and like the making money element. Hey, cool cool stuff, but. That's not what brought me here to begin with. 
I was here because like, hey, this is super cool. I like collecting. I, I like going to NBA games. And if I can get like uh, some perks by going to a game and I have some of these like digital collectibles, like, oh man, that's so cool. I want in, right? And so I think for people like myself, I just, I like to think that, you know, I'm, a, I'm an average guy when it comes to the collecting and, and, and fandom. So if I think that way and I, and I want to collect my team, like other people will likely think that way as well. And they'll want to collect their own team and they shouldn't feel like they can't do that um, or it's like basically impossible. Like if you want to chase the Lakers or something or like the Knicks or whoever, like there's going to be this one bottleneck moment. It's like, okay, well, you know, do I, should I even bother start to, if, should I even bother to start to, to chase this team if I can never get it, right? Like I don't like playing a game where I know I lose. And that's kind of the way I feel uh, that team sets are, are created right now is that it's, it's basically an unwinnable game unless you have like an obscene amount of money, at least for most teams, right? Unless you're chasing like the Hornets or something. Um, and I don't think people like to pl play losing games or, or, you know, I don't, that's not a good, for a first impression too, that's, I don't think it's a healthy, healthy thing at all. Um, and I get the scarcity elements and I get like the multi-level tiers and um, I get all of that. You can have, you can convey value in different ways. I don't think you have to screw over like a, a, a new fan or a new collector immediately out of the gate. I had a, a friend of mine join and he's a Celtics fan. So right away he was talking to me, he said, how do I get into the rare pack drop? So I talked about collector score and building that and S2. And like one of the first things he says, why the hell is Kelly a Linux $2,000? <laughs> I said, I don't know, man, I own one. I would sell it because I'm not a Kelly Olynyk fan, but my collector score would drop significantly. Uh, but you know, we thought that we were gonna see these, some of these bottlenecks get broken with the archive set. They haven't done that. I was hoping that. they would. I have I have a full S1 run it back set. I was hoping they were going to mint like more players from that year. And I I was hoping, like I was I think I made it, you know, some public tweets about it because I saw that as a the better outcome for the platform, like regardless of whether or not it was good for the for the 40 moments I own. It's like screw it, like I'd prefer, I would I'll I'll take a um, you know, a community win over over a personal win because sometimes, you know, you have to you have to. This thing is too small. It's too it's too new, and it's still very much. It needs to be, um, yeah, handled with care. And it, it and this is why I'm like, well, you know, I feel like uh, looking at this with you know eye, the eyes of a collector. It's like, no, you have to mint more of these moments because people are going to want to collect their teams. And again, I'm just really surprised that they haven't uh, tweaked uh, team sets. And I, I hope they do. I think they could have dropped an archive moment of Kelly Olynyk, and it wouldn't have crushed the value of a series one run it back. It's still a 275 mint rare that, you know, there's a perk to collecting the full series one set. So I would have been okay with it, even as a Kelly Olynyk older. I was I was ready for it. I thought it was gonna happen, didn't happen. Yeah, they gifted us um, all those those like, those like archive packs, right? So they- Yeah, they, that know, was cool. Every impression I got was that, hey, uh, these other, like, I remember Alan was talking about it. He's like, hey, bottlenecks are, they're short term, like, uh, and they're, they're meant to be broken. And like, he would, it was cryptic language, but it was really gave me the impression that, oh yeah, they're working on like the next packs are gonna break all these bottlenecks. And then before they actually announced the pack contents, they're like, oh, everyone who owns a series one moment, as a thank you, we're gonna give everyone like uh, an archive set pack for every S1 run it back you on. So that was like, okay, they're letting us down easy. I get it. Like, hey, <laughs> that's good. Good yep. on them, right? Like, they're saying they're going to screw us over a little bit. Here's some free. 
And they didn't even do that. So they gave us like all these free packs. <laughs> they gave me something like 50 packs, right? And like, yeah. I don't need that. I, 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 was, I, I don't need that. Like, hey, it was welcome. Who's going to say no to a pack, right? Like, sure. But I, yeah. I, I don't, I get it because they didn't hurt me. And it's, I felt like they're compensating me for no reason at all. They, there, was no, there was no hurt. So um, I don't think anyone really hurt. I, I, so I, I'm, I get why they kind of did it. It's like, oh, the off chance that someone might have bought a moment because they felt that it was like, a, let's say a Tim Duncan moment, right? Where someone bought a Tim Duncan because they thought, oh, there's, there aren't going to be any more Tim Duncan Spurs moments. But there, there are, right? In the new run of back, there are Tim Duncan Spurs moments. So, but it didn't really affect too many people. But I think they took like the, uh, the safe, hey, if it, we, you know, we'd rather not piss off one person or 10 people or like, we'll just give everyone free packs. And like, honestly, it was just, it was over and above. And uh, I've gifted some away and whatever. And I still have some sealed, but I think it was, it was a lot. It was almost like they had it queued up to do it. And then at the last second, they just said, no, we're not going to do that, but we'll give them all the packs. Uh, strange. So, I mean, I'm left as a collector going in speculating now that unfortunately my collection's not too diversified it, from a collector score perspective. So do I probably should diversify a little bit more in, in the event that, I mean, there, I don't see anything in here that shows an Olenek. I don't think there's going to be an Olenek deck the hoops. Could you <laughs> <hope> imagine? <laughs> We're going to break the bottleneck with a one of 70, what is it? 75. Is yeah, it's a legendary drop. We're like, oh, we're gonna, you know, got myself an early Christmas <laughs> or a Christmas gift. It was a, it's a legendary pack of Kelly Olenek. You know, like that's. Uh, I don't think it's gonna. Not many, not oh, many people boy. are asking for that one for Christmas. No offense to Kelly. Obviously, t- yeah, Kelly, you're a great guy. We're not, we're not insulting you, man. It's more about the platform. But I don't want my two most expensive moments to be Kelly Olenek. So, well, so moving on to to some other sets. Some interesting turn of events here. So Hustle and Show is back, and the famous Seeing Stars is not. And I was surprised at that. Were you? Uh, no. No, I wasn't. They had basically three all-star sets, right? You had Rising Stars, which was like a hybrid, you know, rookie debut set with like an all-star set, right? And then you had Seeing Stars, which was announced prior to the All-Star set. And everyone, including myself, thought, oh, this is the All-Star set, right? And then after that, they dropped the actual All-Star set from moments from the All-Star. So it felt like too much. And I, I know that just it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I think a lot of people chased the Seeing Stars set and they got burned on it, myself included. I, I have some crazy buys uh, from that set. You know, it is just what it is. And it was it was a crazy time. But I think they minted, or sorry, there were just too many of these all-star sets. I'm really happy they kept the all-star set, even though, it, like, for collector score, it doesn't count for any teams or whatever. I just think it's super cool because, like, you know, a, a good example is the LeBron no-look three, right? That's a base moment in Series 2, but it's like a trick play that is exceptional in the NBA. Like, it's... Because it's such a, um, I want to say like reckless play. Like it's, it's not smart. If if you're anyone but LeBron uh, or Curry, or whatever, and you do that, like the coach is going to be like, you know, they'll pull you, and you can't do that kind of stuff. It just, it's, it's just, it's crazy to see it. And then so he did it for a, a common, which was super cool, super rare. 
But that's the kind of stuff you expect to see in an All-Star game. And then so in the All-Star game, Steph Curry basically copied his shot. And then they do like the exchange afterwards. And they're, you know, that's all in the moment. It's like those are the types of plays that are so cool and they're so memorable. Some of the most memorable plays that I can ever think of in the NBA, like, happened in All-Star games, right? Whether it's like a, you know, a Kobe dunk. There's so many epic moments that I can think of that happened in an all-star game and i think they're worth capturing and uh, as like a part of history and 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 part of top shot so i'm really happy they kept that and also on the uh, on the uh, roadmap you'll see it's like the the rare mint size like oh maximum of 2022 right it's like well we know what that's for right that's for the all-star game because last year 2021 was for the 2021 all-star game so i like that little nod and then even now with like the you know the summer league or it's not summer league the the summer 2021 uh, run it backs where they minted, they have these weird mints, you know, like 12,005. The rookie's year was 2005. You know, they have these little like Easter egg uh, parts in the cereal and I think they're super cool. So anyways, I, I just like those, those little things. So uh, am I a fan of them taking away a set? Yeah. And then they, they replaced the Rising Star set obviously with that new legendary set. Uh, for rookies, which is absolutely amazing, and I think that's the one they hinted at last year. I don't know if you remember it, but in uh, in March they were hinting that they were going to do a legendary rookie set, and it seemed like a 50-50 shot at that point, and then they ended up scrapping it. So I think that's exactly what this would have been. I think it's a really cool set too. Yeah, it does it does all the rookies some justice and, and gives them their own pedestal or, or stage, I should say. One of the things I wanted to say about the All-Stars that you don't get with any other set is you're getting superstars playing with superstars. So like the Zion dunk was a Tatum assist. It was a Tatum alley-oop, which is a cool play. Uh, I'd love to see in this All-Star set even more focus on that. The more that they can capture multiple stars, I think makes it even more special. Even one of the the best plays was the uh, Chris Paul alley-oop. When is he ever going to do one of those again? That was an awesome play. I have the Curry three. The Curry three is just fun. You know, just a schoolyard. He's, he's uh, having a little fun with LeBron, and then he runs up, and then you get LeBron in the video too. So that's a cool three. Rising Stars, though, yeah. is back, but it's going to be yeah. a common set. So they kind of, you know, they split the difference, and they, yeah, they made it common. And, like, yeah, it didn't go away, but they just – I think it would, it would take away from the legendary set, I think, if they kept it legendary. Or sorry, if they kept it rare. So I, I can understand the rationale for, for not wanting to dilute like the multiple premium tiers of rookies. I agree. I think that I think they made some nice moves in here. I do you think that the seeing star set becomes a little more coveted, or is it kind of you know, you have your, your people you have people who love it and they're really looking forward to seeing it and there's definitely disappointment there. What what is the see, what does that do for the seeing stars set? Is it just kind of there? It's an S two set filled with stars. Is it is it a good collectible set? Um, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, think I, I just I look at, at like most collectibles in general, and let's look at the let's look at let's look at Beanie Babies. That's a good that's a good one. It's like uh, I was watching documentaries recently on uh, YouTube on them because I I just see a lot of parallels between what there would happen there and like just NFTs in general, not necessarily Top Shot. Apparently, what they would do is they would they would retire these these little you know beanie babies, and they'd be like, "Oh, we're retiring it," and they put a huge press release out, and everyone would just like rush to grab these things because they would no longer ever be available. You would never see them again, and 
a part of me thinks that like with you know that's just collectibles that i think if you tell someone that something is never going to happen again or it won't happen again um people maybe will want it even more because they know it's maybe it's a one-off and they really like it like the, the same thing kind of happened with cosmic in um, series one they're like yeah we're not going to do this again right that's the only set they they said that for they didn't explicitly say it for like you know uh from the top or lace them up even though those are legendary sets and i think those might also be one-offs but the fact that they said that the cosmic wasn't going to be done again I think that kind of drove a little bit of value to it, and um, it's possible with seeing stars, they might do something. And it, the long-term uh, impact might be something similar, where maybe it'll hold some value because it's like this one-off thing there, where it was like this. It came from an experimental time in Top Shot, and so I think there's probably some uh, you know historical significance to it. it. It certainly helps that it's filled with a lot of good players too. For for the record, I did the Darius yes. challenge. Yeah, I did them all. <laughs> I was actually, I, I love the Mike Conley moment. I still think that's like super cool. Interestingly enough, that was one of the only challenges I didn't do uh, because it, it just seemed like it was like a common challenge. I'm like, oh, I'll just pick it up from the market later on because I think what ended up happening was I was missing one or two, probably just one of the of the moments required. And I didn't feel like overpaying. So I'm like, oh, I'll just buy from the market after. But then they went and surprised everyone and said, oh, we're gonna, the reward is gonna be a Mike Conley seeing star and it's narrated, and that's my. I'm like, oh, obviously, the one thing I skip happens to be this super awesome moment. Um, so I think just from a historical standpoint, that moment is super cool because I don't think the idea of adding some commentary to a, a highlight, I don't think that's go that's that's going to stick around for a while, right? That might we haven't seen a lot of that, but I think we we will see. Hopefully, we'll see a lot of that. Um, I would love to see more players kind of break down um, the play and and what they kind of felt in the moment and whatever. So just historical aspect of that, I think seeing stars, that set and that moment in particular is pretty awesome. And then you combine that with like, I remember the tweets too of like Rudy Gobert. I think he was tweeting out like, oh yeah, I'm getting my Mike Conley seeing star moment. And he didn't do it like this wasn't, you could tell some stuff is paid or paid promotion. This wasn't paid. He was just like, he was just making jokes about it. And um, I, I, I like that as well. It was like, it was fun and and it was special for Mike too because it was his first uh, it was his first All Star game appearance and I think it was it was well deserved. So all those things add up to like a, a memorable moment. Talk about adding a, a layer to a collectible that you definitely won't get in the physical world. I mean, just a recording. Like if I got a Jason Tatum of him breaking down a play, I, I think go back to the playoffs when he dunked on LeBron. Oh, that was one of his first I've arrived moments uh, at a young age. I mean, that would be awesome. I would covet that because that would just, it, it's so unique and different. I hope they bring it back. I hope they do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know they will. They've done it before. Um, was it Tory Craig did it as well? Um, I'm not sure if there was another oh, one. Oh, that's right. Not. Actually, well, I know some other stuff, but I'm not going to say it because I don't, I don't think it's uh, uh, public, but um, there was supposed to be another one, oh. and it, it never ended up happening. Oh, no kidding. Two. I mean, I think that I thought it was actually pretty cool that it was a surprise. I didn't do the challenge either, but uh, certainly was like a cool, fun reward. I remember the the reactions yeah. from the community on that, where everybody was really excited. So that was a fun. What else we got here in series two? So we got, of course, Meagle or Meagle Metallic Gold and Hollow will be coming back. I read it off the sheet. Seven forty nine mint for the Metallic Gold, and only a nine mm. count jump for Hollow. 
You think that those number? I mean, I think the 749 base off the, the growth the hollow, that we're uh, on a trajectory makes some sense. That's the same. Of 99? Kept it the same. They did. Yeah, no, no. So they, they kept they kept uh, the hollow the same. I think a part of that is because they haven't seen the demand for legendaries that they wanted to see or they, they want to see. Uh, legendaries don't move that often. And... Um, they should be the top tier moments on the platform, and they're they're not, uh, and that could be for a variety of reasons. You know, a, a big one is sure it gives you collector score and whatever, but oftentimes, like I, I remember breaking this down in the summer, but like collector score per dollar, it still made sense to just basically stack like cheap playoff moments. Like it wasn't even, it didn't even make sense to buy the legendary. Like, and you, you think that legendary should be like indisputable like oh yeah you want collector score just like buy the legendary you'd like instant it's like no 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 just stack a bunch of cheapies and like you get there quicker so the incentive to buy legendaries just wasn't there and then you have to add into the fact too that up until recently again that dapper hasn't been using they haven't been mixing you know rares and commons and whatever in showcase uh, challenges you we haven't seen a legendary in a showcase challenge at all so like why would i buy something if if there's like zero chance of it ever being used in a showcase like i can buy 10 other moments that might be used in the showcase challenge like that it's a it's the incentives just aren't aligned um to push the legendary so i'm very much hoping that uh, this will be fixed in uh, series three and we'll see um, showcase challenges that include all moments all series all sets and like some of them i have some of them i don't there's a lot of still lot of legendaries i don't have and a lot of the rares I don't have, but like I would, I nothing would make me happier than just see something I don't have, like included. Like, okay, now I gotta buy it. You know, it gives me an excuse to go and buy the thing. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't complain because right now, like half the stuff, I'm like, oh, which one do I buy? You know, I'll just, I'll wait, I'll wait for something else. But if you give me an excuse to buy a legendary, then I might, I might do it. Um, so with keeping the bin count the same. Let's say, assume, let's take a couple players. They come out, we'll use my team again. They come out with a Jason Tatum and a, and a Jalen Brown in this. Does it do, does it depreciate the value of Series 2 because it's the same mint count? Uh, I don't think so. I think just all speculation and what I think, but I, I suspect they are trying their hardest to really stabilize that value of what it means to own a legendary or a rare or whatever, right? Like even the throwdowns, they fixed that, right? They lowered the mints and the number of plays. So I think keeping it at 99 is a signal to me that maybe this year, 99 was too much, right? But next year, it's probably it's probably the sweet spot. It's probably like, there's probably a little bit more demand than there, than there is for it. So hopefully what we'll see is, you know, some overspill like, oh, couldn't get an S3 legendary, went back to my S2, it was a deal, right? Like people love shopping using comparables. And if they can say, oh wait, I can get like the same, you know, a similar moment in, in series two, why wouldn't I do that, right? And yeah, who knows what, what they'll do for uh, showcase challenges and whatever. So I'm, it goes back to what I said in the very beginning of the show of, it's on Dapper to basically create some incentive to hold these things and i know there's been some talk for a few months of uh you know roham uh, roham rewards where you know, formerly known as the uh, rake back or whatever <laughs> some kind of reward system but i think the underlying idea is okay you bought some collectible now what like why am i keeping it why am i holding it what's 
what incentive is there to buy more or to hold for extended periods of time? And I think there needs to be something, anything. And I, 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 I think part of that, again, is to showcase uh, challenges, but I think, I think there could be something else here. So I, I hope that, uh, who knows, maybe Series 3 finally brings those rewards back. The, uh, speaking of the perk formerly known as Rakeback, I'm not sure what you call it these days. The well, I like Rohan Rewards. It has a nice ring to it. I, I think about it a lot because obviously along with Run It Back, Rakeback was the thing that everybody was talking about. And you go way back to earlier notes from their office hours, and they talked about a drop in the same time. But it's clear that they're picking the right time. I think if you if you just drop it, you're going to have, you know, the market will get a little spike because people will spend and then it'll just kind of settle right back down and then it's nothing. So I don't know. Do you have any idea what they might be waiting for on that? Because they have stated that, it's, yeah, that they're um, going to do some sort of. I think technically it. So originally I was thinking there were a few different hurdles, right? Like I think there might have even been legal hurdles of can we legally give out rewards or whatever on our platform like what does that look like i think when i first joined you know a year and a bit ago there was like uh even whispers of giving flow the flow token for like the underlying blockchain out as a reward the problem with that which came out after was like i think it's a legal it's a legal hurdle of like well wait a minute not everyone is allowed to uh hold flow right so it became an issue where they couldn't make good on a, a reward, the originally envisioned reward system. So I think assuming that the legal is, is, is done, which I think it probably is by this point, like they have probably some reward system figured out, legal's done. I think the only thing stopping them at this point is they're just trying to be very strategic about it because they know that when they do it, it'll have crazy ripple, ripple effects. Uh, in the market, because if they announce something, you have to think about the different outcomes here. So one outcome is they give, well, they've already said kind of what it looks like. It's going to be a reward probably based on um, market spend, right? Previous market spend or net market spend, I should say. So, you know, how much you put in minus how much you took out and then some kind of reward based on that. They said it would be um, retroactive on everything you've done and then it would carry on in the future. So I think this is a long-term reward system. What could that look like? Could it be credits? Could it be dapper credits to use in, in, you know, on, in the market? Could it be something like you get trade tickets or maybe you get access to some of the, I don't know, the, the locked up stuff from their, from their, like not the locker room stuff, but like they have a ton of unreleased moments from series one or whatever. It's like, are you eligible somehow to get access to those if you've held for a certain period of time? Like this, who knows what this thing will look like exactly, but it could be based on, it could, it could be based on just the net market spend, or it could be based on other things like how long you've held your moments for, you know, like it could it could be based on so many different things. And I think they're just waiting for the most opportune time to say, and and likely it'll be, they want to, from what I know about Dapper, I, I think they like the idea of like, you know, the one-two punch, I think of like good news, good news, good news. And um, I think we've had a bunch of good news recently, right? You know, what the run, it, the run it back was great. Like the 
the WNBA stuff now is great. Like there's been a bunch of these things. And now the next good news item will likely be the start of series three, right? Like big news item, I should say. I mean, cause we have the smaller things like the archive set pack is on Thursday, but who knows? Like that's, that's going to be three weeks from now, like that series three base set pack. So are they going to have something in between, right? To be like, oh, in a week and a half, two weeks, they're going to have some great news again. And then like, because they like, I think they're smart enough now to recognize that it's, it's important to kind of stagger it a little bit because there have been some times in the past where you have like three good news events on one day and it's like one of them gets lost in the shuffle. So I think they could be waiting on it. Like, I'll give you another example. Perfect example. The, the burning of the Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals moments. They've been saying they would do this for well over a year, right? It's been like 13 months at this point. They were gonna burn these moments. They advertised it when, they, when I bought the packs that they were gonna burn the unused moments. It was implied they were gonna do it relatively soon. I didn't think I'd be waiting 13 months later to see if they're gonna burn these things still, right? And it's not whether or not they can do it. They can easily burn these things. I just think that it's such a marketing opportunity. Like imagine if there was no news happening at all in the market and like they're just some kind of a lull period. They can just say, hey, we're burning moments. It's like that gets so much positive attention again and it just brings so much more eyes back to Top Shot. So I think that's just a card that they're using whenever they they feel that it's the right opportunity. And I think they have a bunch of them. You know, They have a bunch of these different news pieces that they can drop at any given time very much like this this reward system that could be one of them so anyways that's my super long-winded answer sorry no that's a good i mean that's a good in-depth answer i think what what stuck with me was we've been thinking along uh, the lines of this is going to be a one and done you're going to get dapper credits or you're going to get something you're talking about uh, a, a reward system that could be ongoing so this might be the start of it which is really interesting. I mean, I work in the supermarket industry in the in the sales division, and so we have loyalty cards. And if you use your loyalty card, you you save. I mean, you know, could it be something as simple as that? Like if you're if you accrue points and then you go shopping in the marketplace, you you know they cover a percent of it or something. I I, I don't know. There's, I didn't even think about that. Absolutely. But there's a lot I, of I, I've heard uh, you know the word merchandise mentioned today. It's like okay, wait a minute. Like maybe you maybe you accrue points to redeem for merchandise or tickets or something like these rewards don't necessarily have to be financial they could be based on a financial element like how much your net market spend was but it doesn't necessarily need to be financial obviously everyone would prefer you know give me the money just give me the cash whatever but i think um, dapper is going to be very strategic (laughs) with this rightfully so I'll, I'll give you kind of a similar uh, example here, um, like these giveaway, like the draft experience, right? I was, I was super fortunate to be a plus one, uh, like libraries plus one to the draft experience. And at some point it came up in conversation of like, hey, what happens hypothetically for future experiences where someone's not able to go, right? Let's say they live around the world. Like we found out, like library found out two days before we were supposed to be in New York. And it was like super chaotic to get down there and like it was stressful and I'm happy we did it. But I remember there was one person coming in from like Singapore and they weren't, they weren't able to come um, because like all the, all the, the COVID tests and whatever, just it, it wasn't, it was impossible to make the timeline that Dapper set out. So the question came up of what happens in a situation where someone's unable to come? Do you, do you 
you give them the option of just taking the, the cash equivalent, right? Like, oh, you can't, we were going to spend $2,000 on you, but you can't come. So, you know, here's the, and I said, I remember saying, that's an awful idea. You, you can't even think about giving cash equivalents because Dapper spent so much time organizing something very special, right? With, with um, multiple players, like me playing one-on-one with Obi Toppin, you can't give a, ca- a cash equivalent to that. It's basically like a, you know, it's a, it's a priceless kind of thing. Like they've paid some money for it, but like it's not something you can actually buy. But I think more than anything, they, they put so much time and effort into it where you wouldn't want to inadvertently create a system where, let's say you plan for 10 people to play one-on-one with an NBA player and all 10 take the cash equivalent. It's like, wait a minute, you already paid for this time. You already organized it. You already like did all the legwork and now people are just like... So it, 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 I don't think that works at all. I think you have to, it, you have to um, not reward people just based off of like a cash equivalent or something. Because if this is really about fandom, you should always be like, I'm here for fandom and I would take that experience every day, right? Like I could play one-on-one with an NBA player, like I'm taking it. I hope they never, I don't think they will, but I, I, would, I would hope they just, they're smart about that. And, and then just going back to the rewards of like, they can be smart with this. They don't have to give out cash equivalents because that that's not guaranteed it'll stay on the platform or it's not guaranteed that it'll advance the idea of this being the future of fandom, right? Which it's supposed to be the future of fandom. I, I totally agree. And I, I also don't know how rewarding it would be for people. So you gave me, say you gave me 800 bucks in Dapper credits and I go and I'm like, all right, I've been coveting this moment here, whatever it is, 750 bucks. I buy it and then I own it and then it's done. That's it. It's cool. I mean, I got the moment and, and everything, and, but you're going to have, you're going to drop that for across a, a community and it'll be gone in a minute. And then I think people are going to be, all right, what's next? I love the idea of an ongoing reward system, whatever that looks like. So I'm, I'm on board. I think it'll happen. See, I'm, we'll I'm, see what happens. I'm confident Who knows? the reward system will happen. They, they've hinted at it. Like they, when they hinted at this system, they explicitly said it would be like an ongoing thing that would be retroactive. Right. So it wasn't just about rewarding people who were here previously. No, no. This is about the future, but also like a head nod to the past. So I like that. All right, man, that's good stuff. Just talking through the, you know, the different sets. And now, you know, we just went into rake back. That wasn't even honestly on my agenda. But, you know, we're going to come to a, a cool little segment of the show that I call the general queue. You know, the show is a priority queue. So we're going to take a question from McGurk NBA aka coach as we all know him in the twitter community if you're not on twitter coach is he's in the he's in our group of friends uh known as the wolf pack it's a, a whole nother story for another show uh if you're not on twitter if you are on twitter you probably know who the wolf pack is uh you've at least seen the barrage of wolf pack gifts on somebody's somebody's purchase on the believers bot or or something but coach has he wants to ask steve a question and so we're going to play that question right now. Hey, Steve, this is Coach. Looking at the Series 3 roadmap, there's no mention of the hardcore game. Do you think it'll still come out during Series 3? And did they talk much about it during Series 1? Good question. Uh, yeah, it was talked a lot more in Series 1 than it was in Series 2. They seem to not be talking about it at all uh, these days. Um, the impression I get was that they had maybe something ready to go in Series 1, but it was probably very basic and not something that, I don't know, would... It's hard, 
so, such a long period of time has has uh, passed since they first announced it, where I think they've set this expectation of it being really good, or like because they've said it wasn't good enough, and now like everyone's like, oh, it's got to be really good then. I'm just gonna say that I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it, but I'm just gonna say whatever they started out with, it's probably a lot different now. They probably incorporated a ton of feedback, and they actually probably made it good. I'm not super confident it was like a great game before. Again, not having seen it or played it, but I think because they almost had something ready in Series One. Like I remember there being some office hours where you know they hinted, "Oh yeah, we're testing it, we're playing it, whatever. We have some testers." I'm like okay, so they have something, and then you know such a long period of time has gone by and it, nothing, there was no talk about it. So I. I feel like whatever they had, they might have just thrown it away. Um, and this was before they raised a lot of money too. So they raised a ton of money, like you know, February, March, April, even now. I think they raised recently. So you can do some pretty crazy stuff with that money. And I think they were maybe operating on a little bit more of a budget before for game dev. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, yeah, they're going to take their time on it and they're going to, you know, make sure it's done right. So is it supposed to be like a like an NBA Jam type arcade I game, so. or I I don't know a lot of details. One of the detail I remember them talking about was um, the idea that our moments would be used as like power ups, right? So you could incorporate your collection into the game, and it would you know you could use any player in the world. You could be like uh, you know, I don't know, you could be like Steph Curry, but you could give him like all the dunking power of like you know Miles Bridges and. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards, and like he'd be like a great dunker in the game, right? So I don't know exactly how that would work. They just, that's the way they described it. As you could um, stack other moments and you could stack attributes and, you, you know, use those, I, I suspect, to compete with other players playing the game. I think tiers were involved too. I, I think that's what the main tie to tiers were. Is like, oh yeah, you get more power ups if you're on like a legendary tier or something. Well, there you go, coach. There's, uh, you know, the best the best answer Steve can give based on the knowledge that he has. We'll see. I think that they're going to dedicate as many resources as they can to exiting beta, I would think, before a game comes. And we don't know when they're going to exit beta. Overall, I, there, there's a lot to look forward to with Series 3. I'm pretty excited about it. I think that they've done a lot of things right. I'm really excited about the new throwdown set, the 88, 888 mint count. That's pretty sweet. Do you think... And, they, and they've been doing this recently, and I, I think that it's been successful, and, and we talked about it. The challenges, that, that's going to be an ongoing thing, even for you know the throwdown sets where they're going to have the mixed showcases. Do you foresee them going back to the old style at all where it was you had to collect eight throwdowns to get the, the ninth or the... Yeah, yeah I, they, they mentioned that, I think. Did they not mention it in the same... Uh, I think they're going to do both, right? Because I think, actually, there's a case for both of... If you buy a certain set, like it makes sense to have a reward based on that set, right? But then at the same time, it makes sense to do like random challenges. So I really don't hope they they pick one or the other. I, I think it's like a, it's a it's an and. It's not an or. We had a conversation today about this very thing. What would you think about rewarding somebody who collects the whole set with an airdrop challenge moment? My first thought would be that would create some extremely scarce moments um, and, and potentially a whole new bottleneck. But yeah, um, I think they should, if they're going to do that, they should like hint way ahead of time that that's a possibility, right? 
the thing is, most sets are expensive to complete, and I don't think um, most people can't do it. So most most people can't complete a whole set. So I think just airdropping uh, a reward to a full set without any notice ahead of time, I think that would. I don't think that would be well received because a lot of people love to. Let's be, let's be honest. People will find a reason to be upset about something any given day of the week, right? On Top Shot, there's something to be upset about. But I think this, they could make a case for, oh, you know, the rich getting richer because you already had a full set. And now you're giving someone who could already afford something extravagant, like an extravagant reward. Like, how does that make sense? Which I would agree with, unless they announce ahead of time that, oh, one of these sets might get a reward, like what if they did something like that, then I'd be like, okay, because it gives everyone time to maybe participate in that versus uh, versus not, right? I think the, the no notice thing I don't think would be well received. Fair enough, man. I, I, I tend to agree. I think it would cause more problems. I do think it's a cool idea. It just trying people trying to figure out how to reward the set collectors. But at the same time, there's just there's so much, there's so few people right now completing sets just because of the cost. It's very difficult to complete a set, right? Like I completed my first legendary set in the summer, right? The the final set. There were many legendary sets before that and that was the only one I was able to finally complete. Like it's not easy to complete a lot of these. Um, Commons, yeah, much easier. Rares is hard, like we know this. We did the throwdown set, like it's, uh, it's, it's not easy to throw, you know, couple thousand dollars at something um and, and chasing it but this is why you got the roadmap going back to the roadmap you this will hopefully allow people to say oh throwdowns that's the set i'm going after right or the or the legendary uh, rookie set that's the one and you could skip everything else and hey and i'm fine with this by the way i'm fine with anyone who collects in any one of these ways and then you know they're just like okay hey, i'm just gonna go after the hollow set that's it it's all i want it's like cool i'm i support it because you can't chase everything. I can't chase everything. I can try, but I'll fail. I already, like, there's lots of sets I don't have. I mean, Alexo, he's gotten away with it for a long time, but even even him, I think one day his day will come where um, he can't chase everything because the problem with that Alexo has is he can't sell anything. His, his, hands, are, uh, his hands are tied, right? Because it, I was going through his sets, I think, today. I was seeing just which moments he has, like, duplicates of. And, like, so many sets, you just got one. Right? He's not breaking his set. So you have to imagine, let's say he has like a legendary of Lamello or whatever, like a hollow. It's like, you can't ever sell that Lamello because it breaks his set. So I think there's going to come a point where, you know, his, his, his reserves are basically the series one bases and I think some rare. So I think he's just slowly selling those to allow him to collect everything else. But you know, maybe it'll be series four, maybe it was series five where he has to finally, um, skip a skip a challenge right he's 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 perfect so far right he's never missed a challenge it's absolutely crazy oh that poor guy that day's gonna come he's just gonna he's just gonna run out of resources so that's amazing well that brings me to my final question on series three man what are you most excited about what's that set that you want is it throwdowns uh yeah throwdowns is one of them um i'm excited for a bunch of different sets Uh, i feel like if i if I say it, then everyone's going to chase it. Oh, that's fair. Uh, you do you you carry a lot of power, man, <laughs> with your words. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for better or for worse. One thing I've learned about Top Shot is uh, you gotta you gotta announce your moves after you've made the move, right? If you preemptively say the move, it doesn't always work out for you. I've done that a few times because I'm like, oh yeah, I can 
I can, don't worry. Like, I'm not really worried about it. And then, like, I've there's been a couple times I'm like, oh, maybe I wish I, I didn't say that part about, like, collector score being, you know, whatever. I should have just accumulated a bunch of moments before <laughs> I said that. But, like, I don't know. I speak my mind sometimes. Yeah. I just like to, I like to put it out there. And I don't know. Like, even today I was going through, uh, this is kind of fun. I picked through, like, the metadata on the blockchain, right? And they just, they just minted those new archive set moments. And I'm like, oh, let me look at, like, the you know, the, the hometowns of all the players and whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I'll grab everything. And I'm just like picking through. I'm like, I, I spot maybe 50 errors in the data, but not for this archive set, but just like in the total, um, in all of Top Shot. And I know some of, them have, some of them have been documented errors, but I'm pretty sure I've got some undocumented errors here too. It's like, okay, I look at this stuff. I haven't announced it, but I have a list of like errors. I'm like, I'm sure some people know about this, but I'm sure there's some stuff in here people don't know about. And if I tweeted this right now, people would probably buy some stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't have enough time right now to maybe pick through it and whatever. And so I might sit on this for a month or two months or three months or whatever until I have time to pick through it or until someone else starts tweeting about it on Twitter. And I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I saw that a couple months ago. <laughs> like, you know, But like, because uh, there's probably nothing there, but who knows, maybe there's maybe there's something here that's kind of funny. Um, every now and then you stumble on something. Like I remember uh, finding the first ever like error on Top Shot, which was the Marcus, Marcus Smart uh, moment where it had the, the Jalen Brown um, information instead of Marcus Smart. Like basically it was everything, it was Jalen Brown, but the name was Marcus Smart. And I remember making a whole post on on Discord about it, and like, and uh, that's when people started buying them up. And Alexo famously has a stack of them now because he loves that. Yes, air. he does. And um, <laughs> I, 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 my, my, one of my Grail moments. I don't have that many like quote unquote Grails, but I've got the Marcus Smart uh, jersey for that, like the thirty six. Oh, right? nice. But that's the one that's mislabeled. So it's the, it's the only moment on the platform that's the jersey number but it won't show up as the jersey match on the <laughs> on the moment right because it's the jersey match is labeled as Jalen brown's jersey so you know it, that's kind of a fun that's thing. funny but anyways I, that's my long-winded yeah no i think man twitter we we've learned is incredibly reactionary and I try my best to, I don't post too many purchases simply because sometimes I make a buy and then I'm excited about it and I might change my mind for whatever reason a month later. So I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of responsibility, but also sometimes you just want to share stuff. So you find a lot of cool stuff, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to move it's, the market when I like tweet things. I yeah. just like to talk about Top Shot and things I notice. I don't know. And maybe sometimes it does move the market, but uh, I'm not, that's not, I'm not trying to do that. Always do your own research, kids. Always, don't just uh, don't just see one tweet and then react. Don't do it. Well, man, I think that just about does it for this episode. Do you have any other last thoughts you want to share on series three? Uh, no, it's a good one. I mean, the, the real unknown here is uh, user growth, and I'll just say that slow and steady wins the race. And I think if uh, Dapper is able to onboard a few new users every week. Um, consistently throughout the season and we can you know double or triple our active user base because we sure we might have a million users on the platform but like we know there's not a million active users on a daily basis there's like between five and ten thousand if we can yep. double or triple that by the end of the season 
that is a huge win, I think. If we can get 30,000 people using this platform every single day, that's incredible. So I, I just want to say for Series 3, we know a lot about it, but you know, we'll see what Dapper has up their, up their sleeve for, for tricks uh, for user growth. Uh, that, that's the most exciting part. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I hope there's still some surprises mixed in all of this, and I think there will be, uh, just knowing Dapper. So. Well, Davian Mitchell just uh, let out a surprise, right, on Twitter. What was that? He mentioned something like, oh, yeah, I'm just partnering with Topshaw, and fans are going to be able to vote on their on my first moment. And that wasn't announced. Oh, no yeah, kidding. So, like, he, I he, missed that. He said it before like they put a, a release out, but it's it, it's you know, it's tame. It doesn't really move the market, but it's just interesting because, like, that's super cool. Like, now they have yep. uh, an awesome rookie, and now you can pick his first moment. Um, so I think that's, like, they'll do cool things like that. And uh, it might not be just for him. It might be for other rookies. Well, I, and that's smart, too, because it creates buzz, and it gets us all talking and exciting. So I, I think a good mix of predictability and surprises will, will go a long way towards keeping this growing. Awesome, man. So that's it. That's the first show in the books. Steve, thanks so much for joining me, man, sharing your thoughts on all things S3. I'm sure we can expect some potential changes in philosophy as the series unfolds. But, you know, overall, it's fun to game plan going in and, and hopefully having a, a strong strategy will help us enjoy everything the series has to offer. But thanks again, man. I really appreciate you taking some time. And, and you know what? First official episode. I wish I could mint this. Yeah, I mean, I you could. could. You could. Hey, I'm ha- happy to be here. <laughs> Thrilled to be on. And, uh, uh, good luck with the editing. Some of my answers are a bit long. So. <laughs> nah, no, good stuff, man. For more great insights, you can follow Steve on Twitter, at Veerman. And uh, with that, I'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.